Yoni Rubin, thanks for coming on the Tech Meme Ride Home to talk about a Ride Home Fund investment that we're obviously super excited about, um, which is margin. Um, so let's let's kick it off by just giving me not the elevator pitch, but give me a, you know a couple minutes high level of uh, what margin does. Absolutely, thank you, Brian and uh, and Ride Home Fund for having us on the uh, on the podcast. Um, so obviously, my name is Yoni Rubin. I'm the CEO of Margin. Um, we are a an FP&A platform for small to medium businesses. We don't love to use the term FP&A because those small businesses don't know what that means. Can you uh, even can you even tell the audience what SPN means? Absolutely, FP&A being FP&A, uh, finance, yes, financial planning and analysis. Got it, Absolutely, got it, got it. Yep. very corporate term that SMBs don't understand. So. Um, there are several first generation solutions out there and we consider ourselves to be the second generation. And, um, basically what they do is they help you, uh, with a turnkey solution to get your budget model up and running. Uh, while we do that as well, we also give you all sorts of, uh, value adds in terms of being able to look into the future a bit. Um, uh, so of course we don't purport to look into the future, but we have the ability to, um, allow our users to simulate a, just a breadth of scenarios that they can, uh, that might impact their cash flow. Um, and then the next generation of this we see is we're developing an insight engine so that we can actually tell users through our platform when their KPIs are straying from the norm. Uh, so we, uh, incepted just about two plus years ago. Uh, we are, uh, just in the tail end, on the tail end of our beta launch, which we kicked off about two and a half months ago and went fantastically. Um, so far, just a highlight on that is that we haven't really announced our existence and people are coming in unsolicitedly through search engines and referrals and fun stuff like that. Same thing for partners. Um, we, of course, opened our round of funding not long ago, which is going terrific as well. And uh, and that's the high level view. So this is not to you know make it too simple that you could replace like a, a CTO with this sort of thing, but in essence, uh, a, a SMB could use this tool to do beyond just um, spreadsheeting to do more high level forecasting and things like that. That a, a CTO that's their job essentially. CFO, but so, yes, um, CFO. But more so, yeah, exactly. But more so. Um, SMBs being brick and mortar, early stage SaaS companies, professional services and consulting firms, a lot of them are budgeting on the back of a napkin or in spreadsheets, and they're hiring their fractional CFOs to build out those spreadsheets for them and then maintain them over time. And so they need that finance acumen as well as the Excel acumen, and most of them don't have it. So the current solutions give them that, and of course we do as well, uh, but the, the other solutions basically remain static on their on their computers, granted in the cloud. So they basically move their budget models from desktop local to the cloud, but don't give them enormous amounts of value. And so they sit in the background. They don't do a lot for the business. Whereas margin is actually proactively letting users know, hey, um, you know, maybe it's time to backfill a role because you don't have enough quota, uh, enough uh, revenue accounted for in your quota to meet your next year's your next year's targets or um, hey, uh, um, taxes are coming up. Maybe you can use this accounting firm to file your taxes. All sorts of insights. Uh, also on the KPI side in terms of uh, uh, benchmarking against industry data and saying, hey, your gross margin is thinner than other companies in your space. And therefore, this is what you can do to fix that. Um, so all sorts of things about being able to see a few steps ahead so you can mitigate risks. Um, let's back up a bit and tell me a bit about your uh, entrepreneurial story. Um, I, I've 
I know this is not your first rodeo. So just tell me a little bit about what you've done before uh, Margin and, and then we'll get into how the idea for Margin came about. You got it. And uh, I can segue directly into that second portion, but pause me at any time. So uh, I've spent about 15 years now being a, uh, a startup COO. Uh, I was a military commander. I spent half my life in Israel, half my life in the States, most recently relocated to uh, New York from, from Tel Aviv about maybe seven or eight years ago. I spent 14 years in Florida previous to that. Um, and then I basically dove in uh, into the tech scene in Tel Aviv, which everybody knows is pretty rampant and, and huge. I uh, had a great time there. I served as chief of staff and m and uh, and an M&A analysis role with a, a company that we had just taken public. Uh, and uh, ended up uplisting to the New York Stock Exchange, and they have since uplisted to the NASDAQ since my departure. Um, From there, I was poached away for a relocation role and ran business operations for Thirsty here in New York. Uh, Before I got uh, uh, swept away by Pipestream, uh, where I ran business operations as well, spent about six years there. I've raised about $250 million for a variety of businesses uh, and um, uh, handled all you know, communications between investment banks, SEC, uh, everything to do with public and private markets, but public and private placements as well. Um, and so I've, uh, I've, 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 I come into startups, basically, and I tell them um, something very, very, I think, very satisfying to them. I say, hey, first of all, my job is to make um, things more efficient for you and easier for you. So you don't have to worry about where you're getting your next laptop, um, whether your emails are working, uh, whether your cap table's in order, your budget's in order, so on and so forth. Uh, and the way that I go about doing that is that I balance corporate culture, or I should say corporate bureaucracy with startup culture. Everybody wants to go into the office if we were going into offices these days in their flip-flops and shorts in the startup world, but they also are aware that scalability is dependent on process and, and repetition. Uh, and so, um, and so I get, uh, usually a very, very good feedback in terms of that approach. And that's where I've spent most of my career. Uh, and so I'll pause there before I segue right into margin. Well, I was going to, you know, I'm going to say that it seems kind of obvious to go A to B to see that you would have, you know, gotten a sense that this is a tool that, uh, you know, businesses might be crying out for. Is that right? That is. And I was the one crying out for it. So about four or five years ago, uh, my CEO came to me and said, hey, basically run this exercise so we can figure out what a a massive burn rate reduction might look like. And he wanted me to do it within 24 hours, which was not feasible at the time. Uh, And so I went out and I looked for a solution, uh, a fast-based solution, which unfortunately wasn't really there. Uh, and uh, And then the stars aligned about two plus years ago. And so that's also what gave us the focus of the simulation aspect, the insights. It's, hey, we don't have a, an expensive CFO on staff. And so who's going to give us these insights? I don't want to have to turn to a fractional CFO that maybe not necessarily has their uh, loyalty or their, the, the company's best interest in their heart. Um, and, so, uh, and so that was the idea, but also saving hundreds of hours around um, lifting up a model, a budget in general, whether it's, by the way, whether for, for, for venture capital due diligence purposes, but also uh, for bank loans, also for just simply managing your business day to day as we mostly should be doing with our financial models. Um, and so, yeah, the stars aligned. Uh, we had built out the MVP and, um, and the MVP ended up being fantastic, even though we actually built it out overseas. They, they did a fantastic job. We brought engineering in-house. We socialized investors the entire time. I, I don't sleep because of that. And I love the idea of 
um, you know, constantly being in touch with the ecosystem, not just the investor side, but um, I'm always in touch with founders and we're just always bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, and so uh, that's what we spent about eight to nine months doing during the MVP uh, production uh, process. Uh, like I said, we brought engineering in-house. We launched on January 10th. Um, and the weird thing to me, and I know this is, this is uh, you know, I, I tend to be a very pragmatic person. I'm an operations person. I'm Israeli, so I'm going to give it to you as it is without sugarcoating. Um, we started seeing traction before we had even launched. We started seeing interest. We start from all over the place. We had set out to launch only to about 10 to 15 beta users, and we found ourselves with 115. Um, we've gotten recommendations and referrals from VCs, from friends and family, of course, but also unsolicitedly through search engines, just people looking for this type of product. And where we kind of, the light bulb went off was when we were doing our research for the platform, uh, we, uh, we pulled, we would, we would basically all uh, divide and conquer and hit a bunch of different online virtual networking events because it was COVID. And usually they would have between 50 to 100 participants. And we would get about 10, 5 to 10% regularly on every single call. We're talking about conversion rates usually being at the 1% to 2%. We're talking 5 to 10% saying, Yoni, we needed you yesterday. And we needed this desperately. And then I say to them, okay, fantastic. Join the beta program and I'll grandfather you in for life. And they say, Yoni, these other guys that don't bring much value to my business are charging me 100 bucks a month. You're charging 20 bucks a month. I will pay you happily the 20 bucks a month. Um, and so that's helped us shape our ideal customer profile, our go-to market strategy, and so on. Yeah, I, I was going to ask about, you know, at least at this stage, I mean, obviously down the road, who's the ideal uh, uh, customer for this product is every SMB or whatever. But um, right now for this stage, um, you know, sort of still in beta, sort of launching to the world. Um, who are you thinking of as the ideal um, sort of user of this? Is it a is it a, a, a smaller startup? And, 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 you know, obviously there's thousands of those in the audience listening right now. Right. So um, I heard a saying one time, it was something along the lines of, we're not trying to boil the ocean. And so we are not trying to boil the ocean. We are not trying to take over every SMB in the world at this particular day. Of course, that's not probably feasible. And so we're hyper-focused on the onset. First, we are targeting, and this is interesting because we saw a transition within our ICP due to COVID specifically, and it was a positive one. So we started off pre-COVID when we were conceptualizing this whole thing, saying we want to focus in on the Northeast because we have boots on the ground. And so we were thinking millennial founders wanting to remain remote and be remote, collaborate in the cloud, of course, um, in the Northeast, uh, with under a million in revenue and under 20 in headcount. And the one thing that's changed there is the remote aspect of it. So geographically, even though we have boots on the ground in the Northeast, um, we've been seeing unsolicited interest from all over the country. And initially, we are targeting only the U.S. and maybe a little bit outside within North America. But eventually, we don't have any geo-related geo restrictions. So we can flip the switch, no currency symbols, no uh, zip codes, area codes, things like that. And we can be applicable to the whole world. Um, so initially, as I mentioned, that's our ICP. As we grow, and this was shaped by the, the research we did and the, and I guess the, uh, the feedback we got from our, our beta users and the sign up saying 50% of them were SaaS. So that addresses our current ICP. 25% pro services and 25% an amalgam of different kinds of small businesses. Interestingly, obviously your typical brick and mortar mom and pop shops, but also 
uh, dental offices, a vodka brand, just all sorts of businesses. And so we're not trying to tackle them all at once, but from a marketing and, and go-to-market perspective, we're progressively getting there. Well, all right. Um, let, let's let's try to tackle it this way. Um, let's imagine that I am either a small SaaS startup or I am this this dental office. You can you can pick those or or, or anything you know out of a hat. Um, what's my use case? Give me paint me a picture of um, a hypothetical scenario of how um, margin could could transform the operations of your business. You got it. Okay, so um, when a founder of be it a pizza shop, a hardware store, a SaaS company, an investment firm doesn't matter what get started. Initially, they want to get an idea of their finances and their cash flow for the next, let's call it year, three years, or five years. Um, and that's, by the way, if they're aware of the fact that they need that, hopefully they are. Um, and uh, and we find that we all know nine out of 10 uh, early stage upstarts, uh, um, whether in software or not, uh, sur- barely survive their first two years, if at all. Turns out 82% are surviving uh, or are failing, um, uh, excuse me, Due to financial or cash flow related problems, um, we all know the 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 you know the founders that are saying, "Well, we couldn't raise money." It was this. It's not that you couldn't raise money; it's that you weren't balancing your books, you weren't reconciling, you weren't building a model, you weren't peddling or selling a a, a product that people actually wanted in the market. There's a variety of reasons that ultimately affect your cash flow, and 82% of them are failing because of those. Uh, and so. We want to get that education into the market, um, and uh, we understand that brick and mortar, of course, will be the slowest to get there, uh, and that's why we why we identified SaaS low-hanging fruit early adopters. So, but you could take any one of those any one of those personas um, and say, all right, we need a financial model first to run our business, but also to raise money of some kind. Whether I'm a pizza shop owner and I go to the bank for a loan for a traditional loan. Or I'm a I'm a VC backed company or an, or an aspirational VC backed company. I'm going to build a budget model on pretty much day one. Um, next up, I'm going to hopefully manage my business to that model. Now, yeah, everything is pretty fluid for the first few months of a startup, um, and so I might not look at it then. But once things start to stabilize and and formalize within the business, uh, we're going to be meeting every week, right? Management teams will meet, teams as a whole will meet. We'll have our our, uh, our uh, town hall meetings, whatever they might be. Um, and uh, we're going to discuss our budget adherence. And so myself as a f- current founder and previous operator as a, as a biz ops professional, I was in my financial model every single day. And we were not the maturest of businesses. Um, so um, every day I'd go in there and then every month I would reconcile. So ma- literally manually, I would go into our books, pull the reports and manually copy and paste actuals into my financial model. Now, some people might be asking, why don't you just do it all in QuickBooks or all in FreshBooks or whatever? They do not have forecasting capabilities. They have a budgeting module that basically serves as a spreadsheet in the cloud. That's it. Um, so you're not getting much value out of that out of the, other than static numbers. So I'm pulling in, copying and pasting all my numbers every single month. That's a, you know probably about two hours worth of work, depending on how many accounts I have in my COA. Um, and then... Um, I like to formalize things with Q4 fiscal planning. And so we're diving very deep into our financial model at that point. So think about it in terms of um, if you're really detailed, you're looking at your model every day. If you have MBRs, monthly business reviews, at least once a month and reconciling. QBRs on a quarterly basis and fiscal planning on an annual basis. Now, of course, this is more applicable to the more 
sophisticated businesses. Um, so the less sophisticated businesses being your brick and mortar shops, um, we believe in two years time, they'll, they will have already gone through the, their digital transformation. Um, we're all used to seeing immigrant founders with their first generation children, helping them with the register and the hardware store and make the pizzas and stuff like that. And we're thinking within a couple of years time, either that child is going to be at that register or the father or mother will already be educated along the lines of, uh, of the stripes of the world, the squares of the world, so on and so forth, and obviously QuickBooks Online. Um, so that is the core use case. Then someone scratches their head when they're looking at their spreadsheet-based model and they say to themselves, all right, well, what do I get out of this? All right, so someone told me how to calculate gross margin, but I don't know what that means. What is net income and how does my cash, my, uh, my bank balance play into this? And so um, we give them, margin is gonna give them the ability um, through that use case to basically um, model out the different KPIs. Uh, we're going to give them obviously a turnkey dashboard and full reporting. Um, everything is spun up for them in a matter of minutes, so on and so forth. Um, so really beyond that spreadsheet sitting on their laptop in some sort of like, you know, seven folders deep and never being opened, um, we're going to be giving them proactive notifications. Hey, it's time to reconcile. Hey, we'll pull your numbers automatically through QuickBooks or through Zero. Um, hey, this is wrong with your KPI. Maybe you need to hire this person, so on and so forth. Let's be real for a minute. Most guys would wear a t-shirt every day of their lives if they could. The problem is that most t-shirts are not acceptable to wear at work or out on a hot date night. But today's sponsor, Cuts, has finally changed that. Cuts t-shirts are such high-quality, wrinkle-free, and so buttery soft that you can look like you're dressing up even when you're dressing down. Yeah, you heard that. Wrinkle-free. You never have to substitute comfort for fashion ever again. If you see me in a t-shirt, it's likely one from Cuts. I'm also a huge fan of their AO5 pocket pants, the right sort of step up from jeans without going all the way into dress pants, like literally my ideal Venn diagram of professional looking but comfortable feeling. When you touch something from Cuts, you can immediately feel the quality. Their proprietary fabric blends are ridiculously soft and breathable, they don't wrinkle, and they look way more expensive than they actually are. For a limited time, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you use code RIDE at checkout. That's 20% off your order at cutsclothing.com with promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. Cutsclothing.com, promo code RIDE for 20% off. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months, or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride.
if I'm if I'm one of the many startups uh, listening to this right now, uh, maybe a SaaS startup, and boy, this sounds great. Um, like we're we're still so early, right? That um, you know, you you said that like people are coming in for the beta or whatever. So like, if someone listening right now says this sounds great, I want to sign up and, and try this out. Are we still at the point where our listeners, because this is super early, you can get in, start messing around with it. And 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 uh, offer feedback and and it, like, are you still iterating the product? This is an MVP, and you're still developing the product, right? A hundred percent. We're going to be iterating for years, right? We're going to be constantly building on top of this. We have a roadmap that takes us out right now for two years, but today, an early stage SaaS startup can absolutely log in, self serve, no barriers whatsoever, no credit card, nothing. Create an account, log in in about five minutes time. If they have, let's say, a 10-person head, 10 headcount, they'll, they'll onboard themselves in about five minutes. And in a few weeks' time, we'll have our QuickBooks and, and, uh, and all of our SMB accounting system integrations in place to pull their historicals, their chart of accounts, which is actually going to shorten onboarding to about a minute. Um, once they're in, they have a fully-fledged model. And what we're iterating on is the different KPIs that we're going to show them over time. At first, we don't want to show them too complicated, like things that are, might be too complicated, super oversimplistic. Um, over time, we're adding more. Uh, we're building onto our robust simulation library, of course. Um, we are, you can already basically uh, delegate tasks within the system, much like Expensify, run them through an approval process all in the cloud. No more attaching spreadsheets, sending, you know, sharing Google Sheets, um, having to look at, at, at cell by cell by cell by cell. Instead, margin is going to highlight specific things and you can hit approve, reject, um, and that'll save you about 500 hours for a mid-sized company uh, at this point. Um, and so absolutely iterating constantly. We have plans for five years down the line that we're not going to share at the moment. Um, we have uh, plans for three years down the line in terms of our insights engine, like I mentioned. Um, so we're looking to be ultimately that, um, and I hate to use this cliche, but the CFO in the pocket. Uh, of a small business that either can't afford a CFO or an ERP like NetSuite, SAP, Anaplan. You know, Anaplan just got acquired for $11 billion a week and a half ago. Um, and, uh, and we love to watch them do that. Mosaic raised $25 million last week or about a week and a half ago. So this space is heating up tremendously and we are loving everything we're seeing about it. And again, I want to underline that, um, you know, listeners right now, uh, Mutant Podcast Army, because we're still early in, in Margin's life, get in right now and uh, dog food it and, you know, get in touch and say, hey, I'm part of the Mutant Podcast Army. I love this, but I could use this or whatever. Like, this is this is a chance to help build a tool that could could totally transform your business. Um, and we want to hear from you, right? Like we yeah. are, we want to hear from you. We want to build on your feedback. Um, we are, we are not a product team that doesn't listen to its customers or its investors. Product-led growth, one hundred percent. Well, and yeah. that's the, that's the point here is that it's still so early, and everyone listening right now, you're still insiders in terms of where this product is going to go. How how big is the team right now? The team is 10 right now. We've got um, a couple of lead engineers, both back end and front end. We've got a couple of interns on marketing and business related things. Uh, we've got our chief product officer handling our UX UI. And we actually have, interestingly, um, so like I mentioned, my background is in business operations. I'm the one who takes that financial model and implements it. And I know finance, hopefully like the back of my hand, like I should, 
But we brought on uh, a career CFO um, who's not a CFO to us, but more so a product manager. He looks at the platform, at our designs, at the calculations. He says, this is how QuickBooks does it. This is how Pilot does it. This is how Zero does it. Um, and we should maybe format ourselves similarly to be more, uh, more familiar to our end users. Um, so we find ourselves to be, uh, to be, um, very well equipped right now in terms of our team. We have, uh, marketing competencies, sales competencies, everything we could possibly, uh, imagine. And thankfully, um, to people like Brian, um, and TechMeme Ride Home and every amazing, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not just saying this for this, for this audience amazing human being that we have met throughout this process that has given us feedback that we couldn't have ever conceived of on our own. We thank everybody really like this product really has come together from the vision of a couple of us in a small fries type of way to something that is legitimate in the market that people are finding value in and that we can see grow into a multi-billion dollar valuation over the near term. Well, um, without giving away, like, you know, strategic goals and things like that, like, what do you see the next 12 months looking like? What, what, what are your, not strategic goals, but goals, like what your aspirations for what margin would look like a year from now today? Absolutely. Okay. So a year from now, um, every small business will know of margin. A lot of them will not be budgeting at the time uh, or budgeting at the back of the, on the back of a napkin. Uh, the good thing is, though, that we are purposely offering a freemium plan for that very for that very reason. And we want to be that that um, not just we're not looking at just finance right now. Um, we're not. Uh, I, I would hope I would hope to say that we're we're long sighted in terms of that. Uh, we don't want to be just another tool in the toolbox. We want to be what drives the business. Um, when I'm financial, when I'm modeling in my financial model, um, that model is what drives my business when it's in a spreadsheet. And so a SaaS platform can do it in such a much more, not just efficient way, but high touch point way. Um, you know, automating, programmatizing notifications, insights, and things like that, uh, shortening the time to simulate a variety of scenarios. And so that's the vision for 12 months. Now, 12 months is nothing in our world. Uh, we're hoping to raise our seed round in Q1 of uh, 2023. We're going to launch publicly in the next two months, right in the summer, uh, when we hope people have some time to really focus on something like this. Um, about maybe six to 12 months later, we're going to be releasing a new pricing scheme. Um, we are going, here's the big, the big piece of the next 12 months, I guess. Number one is just continuously build on our simulation library. And that's what we need your feedback for. Let us know what scenarios you're in that are not accounted for in margin. We want them in there. Um, so feel free to reach out to me. Um, number two is to, Get our, um, get our Insight Engine MVP out the door. So we're not going to get to a fully-fledged Insight Engine with machine learning in the next 12 months, but at least an MVP of that. Like I mentioned, our fundraise. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we're off to the races. I mean, we're off to the races now, but we see things picking up tremendously in the next six to eight months. Well, you kind of already stepped on my final question, which is uh, <laughs> basically... Uh, you know, asks from the Mutant Podcast Army, but obviously go to mrgn.ai, uh, sign up. Uh, it's, it's free to to mess around with. And uh, like you said, the more you can dog food for them, the more that they can make the product better. Like literally, this is a stage where if this is a tool that sounds amazing to you, help them make it more amazing 
than you could even imagine because they are they're looking for these sorts of use cases that they don't know about yet right um, but but beyond that like um if someone's interested in um you know keeping in touch for investing for later rounds for hires for whatever just tell me whatever you want uh, as an ask for the mutant podcast army to to know about Absolutely. So first and foremost, we want to hear feedback. We want to hear negative feedback about the existing platform. We want to hear feature requests. Interestingly, we've gotten a, an insanely disproportionate amount of feature requests to bug reports. One bug report in the last two months, 30 feature requests. And so we're seeing people saying, we want more of this, like more and more and more. So I want more of that from you guys. Um, I want to build up that roadmap as robustly as we possibly can. That's number one. Number two, um, right now, when you go to our site, if you want to play around, it's a super easy self-serve. Please log in, create your account, play around with the platform. Very important to note, though, that in about a month, in, in about a month's time, we're going to be shutting down the completely streamlined free version, and we're going to be moving to our paywall free version, uh, where, of course, you can tinker with the freemium plan. But if you get in before that happens, we will grandfather you in so you don't have to worry about that restriction. So go ahead, sign up today as quickly as possible. Uh, I can be reached at yoni at margin.ai. Um, we have live chat on the website. We have a knowledge base, of course, where you can open tickets with us and we'll respond within, I don't know, an hour, if that. Um, and then next, we've got our, uh, our fundraising round. So we're raising $1 million, $1 million pre-seed. Uh, $500,000 has already been committed. Um, thanks to Brian for, uh, for putting the first check in and getting the ball rolling. We have Data Power Ventures as well, thanks to David Yakubovich um, and others who are coming in. Uh, and so um, we've got uh, a lot in the pipeline right now, tremendous amount. I am more than ecstatic and happy to speak to anyone at any hour of the day. I don't sleep. Uh, so a 4 a.m. call would be would be fun for me, um, and that's that. So any angels or maybe early stage institutionals, uh, pre-seed, pre-rev, but traction to speak of. Harvard Business Angels is looking at us right now, which is amazing. We have a call uh, later on. I, I know when this airs, but we have a call later on today um, with TechStars. Thank you to TechStars for being big supporters of us ours throughout the this journey, and uh, and we can't complain. So. Appreciate uh, you having us on, Brian. Techstars has been very friendly to a lot of a lot of our investments uh, recently. Um, listen, so let me let me reiterate. Although you should see it in you know the friggin' title of the show, uh, it's margin. It's mrgn.ai. Um, please get in touch with with Yoni about any any questions. Get in touch with me. I'll put you in touch with them. Um, Yoni, thanks for coming on and telling us about this company that I couldn't be more excited about. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brian. 